0: A Series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket. A Bad Beginning. The Bad Beginning. Oh, Crumbum. The Bad Beginning. The Bad Beginning. The Bad Beginning. Like that? Okay. No, she didn't think that was funny. All right. Put those stones down because they're noisy. Before... Let me think of something Count Olaf would do before I make you chop wood and I strike you across the face. Okay, enough. Really, haha, funny. All right, chapter eight. Klaus stayed up all night reading, which was normally something he loved to do. But when his parents were alive, Klaus used to take the flashlight to bed with him and hide under the covers, reading until he couldn't keep his eyes open. Some mornings, his father would come into Klaus's room and wake him up to find him asleep, still clutching his flashlight in one hand and his book in the other. But on this particular night, of course, the circumstances were very different. Klaus stood by the window, squinting as he read his smuggled book by the moonlight and that trickled into the room. Occasionally, he glanced at his sisters. Violet was sleeping fitfully, a word which means with much tossing and turning on that lumpy bed. And Sunny had warmed her way into a into the pile of curtains so that she just looked like a small heap of cloth. Klaus had not told his siblings about the book because he didn't want to give them false hope. He wasn't sure that the book would even help them in their dilemma anyways. The book was so long and difficult to read, and Klaus became more and more tired as the night wore on. Occasionally, his eyes would close. He found himself reading the same sentence over and over. He found himself reading He found himself reading the same sentence over and over. He found himself reading the same sentence over and over. I thought I did that on on accident, but that said that three times. But then he would remember the way that the hook hands of Count Olaf's associate had glinted in the library, and he would imagine them tearing him to his flesh, and he would wake right up and continue reading. He found a small scrap of paper and tore it into strips, which he could use to mark significant parts of the book. By the time the light grew gray with the approaching dawn Klaus had found out all he needed to know his hopes rose along with the sun finally when the first bird flew began to sing when the first few birds began to sing klaus tiptoed to the door of the to the door of the bedroom and eased it open quietly carefully not to wake the restless violet or sunny who was still hidden in the pile of curtains then he went to the kitchen and sat and waited for count olaf he didn't have to wait long before he heard Olaf tromping down the tower stairs. When Count Olaf walked into the kitchen, he saw Klaus sitting at the table and smirked—a word which means smiled in an unfriendly, phony way. "Hello, orphan," he said. "You're up early." Klaus's heart was beating fast, but he felt calm inside, as if he had only a layer of an invisible armor. "Well, I've been up all night," he said, reading this book. He put the book on the table so Olaf could see it. It's called Nuptial Laws, said Klaus, and I learned many interesting things while reading it. Count Olaf has taken out a bottle of wine to pour himself for breakfast? Uh, But when he saw the book, he stopped and sat down. The word nuptial, Klaus said, means relating to marriage. I know what the word means, Count Olaf growled. Where did you get that book? From Justice Strauss's library, Klaus said, but that's not the important part. What's important is that I, find, I have found out your plan. Is that so? Count Olaf said, as one eyebrow rising. And his one eyebrow rising. And what plan is my plan, you little runt? Klaus ignored the insult and opened the book to where one of the scraps of paper was marking his place. The, the laws of marriage in this community are very simple, he read out loud. The requirements are as follows. The presence of a judge a statement of I do by both the bride and the groom and the signing of an explanatory document in the bride's own hand. Klaus put down the book and pointed to Count Olaf. If my sister says I do and signs a piece of paper while Justice Strauss is in the room, then then she is legally married. This play that you're putting on shouldn't be called the marvelous marriage. It should be called the menacing marriage. You're not going to marry Violet figuratively. You're going to marry her literally. This play won't Won't be pretend. It'll be a real and legal binding. Count Olaf laughed a rough, hoarse laugh. Your sister isn't old enough to get married. She can't get married if she has. She can get married if she has permission from her legal guardian, guardian acting in loco parentis. Said Klaus. I read that too. You can't fool me. Why in the world would I want to actually marry your sister? Count Olaf asked. Is it? It is true. She is very pretty, but a man like myself can acquire a number of beautiful women. Klaus turned to a different section of nuptial law. A legal husband, he read out loud, has the right to control any money in the possession of his legal wife. Klaus gazed into Count Olaf's in triumph. You're going to marry my sister to gain control of the Baudelaire's fortune, or at least that's what you plan to do. But when I show this information to Mr. Poe, your play will not be performed and you will go to jail. Count Olaf's eyes grew very shiny, but he continued to smirk at Klaus. This was surprising. Klaus had guessed that once he announced what he knew, this dreadful man would have been very angry, even violent. After all, he had a furious outburst just because he wanted to, wanted roast beef instead of Putinesca sauce. Surely he'd been even more out, enraged or to have his plan discovered. But Count Olaf sat there as calmly as if they were discussing the weather. "'I guess you found me out,' Olaf said simply. "'I suppose you're right. I'll go to prison, and you and the other orphans will go free.' Now, why don't you run upstairs and into your room and wake your sisters? I'm sure they'll want to know all about your grand victory over my evil ways. Klaus looked closely at Olaf, who was continuing to smile, just as if he told a clever joke. Why wasn't he threatening Klaus in anger, or tearing his hair out from frustration, or running to pack up his clothes and escape? This wasn't happening at all the way Klaus had pictured it. Well, I will go tell my sisters, he said, and i end... Walked back to the bedroom. Violet was still dozing in bed. And Sunny was still hidden beneath the curtains. Klaus woke Violet up first. I stayed up all night reading, Klaus said breathlessly breathlessly, as his sister opened his eyes. And I discovered what Count Olaf is up to. He plans to marry you for real when you and Justice Strauss and everyone think it's just a play. Once he's your husband, he'll have control over our parents' money. And then he can dispose of us. How can he marry me for real? Violet said. It's only a play. It's a. Le- it's only legal require. The only legal requirement of the in this community, Klaus explained, holding up the nuptial law to show his sister where he learned this information. Are you? Are saying I do in the signing of the document in the hands in the presence of a judge like Justice Strauss? But surely I'm not old enough to get married. Violet said. I'm only fourteen. "'Girls under the age of 18,' Klaus said, flipping to another part of the book, "'can marry if they had permission from their legal guardian. "'That's Count Olaf.' "'Oh, no,' cried Violet. "'What can we do?' "'We can show this to Mr. Poe,' Klaus said, pointing to the book, "'and he will believe us because that Count Olaf is up to no good. "'Quick, get dressed while they wake up, sunny, and we can be at the bank by the time it opens.' Violet, who usually moves slowly in the mornings, nodded and immediately got out of bed and went to the cardboard box to find some paper, proper clothing. Klaus walked over to the lump of curtains to wake up his younger sister. Sonny, he called out kindly, putting his hand where she, he thought his sister's head was. Sonny, there was no answer. Klaus called out, called out Sonny again and pulled away at the top of the curtains to wake up the youngest Baudelaire child. Sonny, he said. But then he stopped, for underneath the curtain was nothing but another curtain. He moved aside the layers, but his little sister was nowhere to be found. Sunny, he yelled, looking around the room. Violet dropped the dress she was holding under and began to help him search. They looked in every corner under every bed and even inside the cardboard box, but Sunny was gone. Where could she be, Violet asked. Worriedly, she's not the type to run off. Where can she be indeed, said a voice behind them, and the two children turned around. Count Olaf was standing in the doorway watching Violet and Klaus as they searched the room. His eyes were shining brighter than they ever had and he was smiling like he'd just uttered a joke. Okay, here's my question. How would somebody, how would they have taken the baby if Klaus was up all night reading? How did anybody get in there? Please remember the hookman. Yeah, but they all went to bed. Yeah. So remember. <coughs> I think that's a plot hole. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't get it.